spelling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in the world, here we are doing the podcast that peels back the curtain on this dirty, dirty natural product industry. Uh, It is sounding like I'm doing an interview this week, but I am not. I am actually here with Dana in spirit because she probably has cooties. So she's not allowed to come to (laughs) the store and sit with me. And uh, it is coronavirus outbreak week two or three, probably three, Dana. I don't know. I don't know. You're 10. Yeah, it feels like forever. Dana is at home. She's calling in. Uh, and we're going to just talk. We're not going to try to talk too much about coronavirus because I'm sure a lot of people are coronavirus out, but we're going to talk about allergies. Uh, the, I don't know, Dana, the, the first thing I'll say, of course, is go to woodstockvitamins.com. That's where we have a lot of blogs on coronavirus that are kind of all cross-linked. So if you go woodstockvitamins.com slash coronavirus, you'll start to see the first of, I think, four today. Actually, I just released my rant on coronavirus, the monthly rant with the subject, where are our leaders? I think that's a pretty good one. I'll mention a couple of the points that I brought up there. Um, so do that. Of course, now I'm in on Instagram, Dr. Neil Smoller, and also check out my Facebook, which has got pictures of me as a teenager because my high school friends can't help themselves, but post and tag <laughs> me in those. And then of course, supplement level advice. So anyway, and the, my website's drneilsmoller.com, D-R-N-E-A-L-S-M-O-L-L-E-R.com. All right. So all the business stuff is taken a backseat because now we got to talk about coronavirus. So yes. So what's new with you and coronavirus? Anything? Have you been on quarantine? Uh, let's see. Um, well, I did a Zoom meeting with five of my friends last night because uh, you know, we're doing our part to stay home. Nice. And I am the designated shopper, or rather I offered to be the designated shopper for parents of my friends who still live here and they live elsewhere. And as much as I am totally willing to do my part to keep them safe, I'm also dreading having to do all that shopping and be out in public for that long because I offered for like three different people. So that's going to be a lot of food. Yes. And I'd like to do it all in one trip, you know, simply to minimize the times I'm out. Yeah. I was saying the fastest way to get through a grocery store is to wear scrubs, a mask and nitrile gloves as you go through, because people think you have coronavirus. People, the seas were parting for me. It was the greatest experience ever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm cleaner than all of you people. I saw a, a, a family. It was like a mother, a husband and a son. Now I understand that you need groceries, but you don't bring everybody with you to the polluted gross grocery store. Yeah. Jesus. And the kid had rubber gloves on that couldn't, didn't fit. And he's touching everything and touching his face, putting the gloves in his mouth. And so, and everybody, you know, some people were looking at me like I was crazy and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, you have any room to talk here there, pumpkin with your big truck, with your your stickers on your truck. I'm, I know you're very assertive and dominant here, but uh, let me <laughs> let me stick to the medicine stuff here. Um, so, but you have been good. You've been staying home, except for just those trips out. 
Yeah, well, and also, you know, I live in a very secluded neighborhood, and mm-hmm. so I'm getting my exercise by doing a walk around the neighborhood, and as soon as I see somebody else on the street, I immediately cross, and thankfully, there haven't been too many people out, although I did almost have to kick somebody because he was, like, way too close to me, and I yelled at him, and he thought I was being paranoid, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't want to be too mean for your listeners, and I was like, okay, well, I hope you die of COVID-induced <laughs> pneumonia. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just go right for the jugular. I mean, that's what people with pit bulls feel like when when people with pit bulls are walking their dog. People just like part the seas for them. You know, they just really yeah. totally cross the street. That's an awesome feeling. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't taking this seriously enough. I don't, you know, and that's part of the problem. Now, when does it get real for people? And this is something I included in the the rant this this month is that it's always it gets real for people way too late. And some of the yeah. people that are paying attention to the soothsaying and all the stuff that's going on are starting to move from being like hard nosed, oh, this isn't a big deal, to, oh my God, our system's going to blow up like it did in Italy. And um, so we're moving in the right direction for most people, but there's still way too many. And it's going to get real for them once the bodies start piling up. And just last night, it was reported that New York had uh, over 100 dead people just in the city. Yes, I actually shared a video. There was an interview with a doctor in Elmhurst, I think, Mm -hmm. and they showed a refrigeration truck, a very long refrigeration truck that they had to rent to dispose of all the bodies because they can't handle all of them at once. I mean, they're, they're coming like at least uh, a dozen a day or whatever figure you just said. Sorry, I was distracted by a squirrel outside. <laughs> uh, wow. You had like a little dog reaction there. Pretty much. <laughs> it's so cute. It's like a baby squirrel. <laughs> uh, that's funny. The, um, the, 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 the numbers are going to get big. My estimation a week or so ago based on the so I've never looked at cases. Well, I started to look at cases, but then once I realized that the cases weren't being, um, the tests weren't being done frequently enough, I decided mm-hmm. that it's probably smarter to look at the lagging indicator of death based on all the different numbers across the world. And if you look at different doubling rates and different like fatality rates, you can kind of put together a little spreadsheet that'll show you what the current caseload is. And then you can project forward what the depth is going to be so based on just like New York City alone, I was thinking that it's going to be anywhere between two and four thousand. And now the way that Cuomo's talking and the way that the numbers are ramping up, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to the four thousand, unfortunately, and higher. Oh, so geez. I think like the hundred, hundred a day is is a, a very you know because it was twenty yesterday, you know, and oh, so so it's a hundred. So I think we're going to start to see two hundred plus people per day dying from this. I know that the nurses are, 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 the hospitals are just completely overwhelmed and, um, yeah. and it's not even starting yet, you know? And, uh, so it's going to get more real for people once they start to see it and it really just sucks. So we have a yeah. long, long way to go. So I hope everybody just does the right thing and stays home. So, um, the other thing is, uh, new fun. My front is that I spent most of the week beating up and, uh, insulting random patients and doctors, uh, from all across the country asking for Plaquenil. So because our fearless leader mentioned Plaquenil as the miracle drug and uh, it hit the media with a couple stories. Now, again, most people that were paying attention, so there's been like the pharmacy nerds have been circulating the different trials that have 
been completed. And so there's been, and like what they're doing is they're creating these tables of the evidence based on the different therapeutic agents. And as more data comes in and the table gets more robust. And so one of the early pieces was on Plaquenil. And so like I had went and bought a thousand pills. That's all we could get because I knew we had patients like with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis that depend on it. And I just wanted to have enough just in case there was actually something there that we could treat our high risk patients, you know? So I could only grab a thousand, which stinks because normally I can get like 50,000 pills of that if I wanted for like $30, you know? So, uh, so I'm just exaggerating, of course, but like, um, so we've been getting the phone calls left and right because now it's a miracle thing. And most of the calls were people that were hoarding it. I want to get it just in case I'm, I'm calling it in for my family. Um, you know, uh, somebody has got a fever, so I want them to have it. And I was being a real jerk. I was saying, Nope. I, I, you know, they would say, do you have Plaquenil? And I would say, well, do you have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis? And they would say no. And I'd say, well, okay, well, are you currently admitted to a hospital and have severe or serious case of COVID where you require, or soon will require ventilation? (laughs) (laughs) And of course they're like, no. <laughs> so, so I'm like, yeah, then you don't get it. So sorry. Like, uh, I yeah. said, but I would soften it. I would say, but if you were the person that needed it, I will drive it to the hospital myself to make sure that you get it. But this hoarding stuff, my line has been, I haven't been able to wipe my butt in a week, you know? So because the toilet paper has been Seriously. out, you know? And so now we're going to do that with Plaquenil. I don't think so. But now of course there's a study that came out last night, uh, from China and same size, and scope study as the French study that everybody's justifying this stuff on. Um, and it was, it showed that it didn't really help. So not a mm. big surprise. That's why you got to kind of like hold off on all this stuff, but I don't have to be the bad guy because Cuomo said it's illegal for us to dispense it to anybody that isn't in those three brackets. So if you don't have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, or um, are part of a clinical trial for plaquenol uh, for COVID, you don't get it. And so now that's nice. So now we can just kind of point them to the law and tell them to kind of Yeah, I mean, it's been said, sorry to interrupt you. You're not it's been said, but um, uh, Cuomo has really stepped up. And for people outside of New York, the reason why he was not so popular is because we've had this bail reform that didn't, that isn't really going well. And people were mad about it. But the way he's handling this, um, this situation is fantastic. He's being a, a great leader. And I'm so like, I feel relieved that he is leading New York. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not denying anything. He's just matter of fact, he's pushing, he's fighting, he's doing everything that you're supposed to do. Right. So that helps out. Cause yeah, I definitely am not too thrilled with him because he, he vetoed our pharmacy bill that would protect the system from having to pay too much money to corporations for no reason. So he vetoed that. So I, I definitely wasn't thrilled with him. So I'm happy that he's stepping up for sure. I think that it's, it's pretty, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I am not dislocating my elbow, patting myself on the back here, but I'm, I'm seeing lots of people on, on Facebook in particular. All I care is that Cuomo and Neil Smoller <laughs> are commenting and, and they're giving us good information. I'm like, don't put me in that category. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're liking what I'm saying, but you know, I totally saw that <laughs> comment and I was yeah. like, Oh my God, Neil's going to be insufferable when this oh, is over. Yeah, exactly. I said, uh, you know, one of the things, and this actually goes to what I said in the blog is the idea of believing your own rhetoric. So I'm just putting out information and I have a lot of really smart friends that are doing that. And again, I've said a million times, I'm not an expert. 
it. I know a lot about supplement quality because I'm taking all the experts' work and aggregating it all together and translating it for people. So I'm definitely a student of not believing your own rhetoric. And part of the problem here is that all these charlatans are weighing in and they're saying what's good and not good for you to take for coronavirus, right? And I said in my blog today, it brings me to the conclusion that they've believed their own rhetoric that they think that they are qualified to weigh in on the subject. And that's troublesome to me, you know, Dr. Oz, you're a doctor, but that doesn't give you the right to say this. Yes. You have lots of attention because of your work with Oprah and -hmm. you're on national TV, but that doesn't give you the right to talk about this. Like you're an expert, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I showed you that ad that I saw on my Facebook feed about the dandelion tea boosting immunity. Mm -hmm. And I have Every time I see that ad, I write, boosting immunity is not real. You're either healthy or you're not. Ask any doctor. Right. And they always, I always go back and check. They always delete it. Yes. And what's especially funny about that is another podcast that I love. And I will, you know, I'll plug them because they're awesome. Probably science. Uh, They, years ago, several years ago, one of the hosts contracted, um, colon cancer Yikes. and he's, he's fine now but at the time the the two remaining hosts were like everybody uh tweet jesse your kind words he really needs our support right now and wouldn't it be funny if everyone suggested something like dandelion tea <laughs> helps cancer so everybody did and then when i saw this ad for <laughs> actual funny. dandelion tea i tweeted it to them and they were like oh my god we can't believe this is real yeah that's hilarious yeah i mean it is it is crazy the amount of stuff that people are getting involved with we've sold out of everything we have no zinc lozenges Every single vitamin C that I've ever kept in this store is out of stock. And like some of that was slow movers. We have no oregano oil. We have no olive leaf uh, because they have antiviral properties. You know, we have no monolaurin, which is just a sugar molecule that's found in coconut oil. Um, We have um, vitamin D has been sold through and also vitamin A. And we've talked about all of these different things at different points. But, you know, the one thing that I, I want to loop back to is vitamin C because now it's selling because there's a doctor in New York City using vitamin C to treat patients in one of the hospitals. And his justification is, is that it's being used really regularly in China and it's helping people. And he keeps saying, I'm getting good results. And this is just like a supplement charlatan. You know, I, I say to him, uh, if he's listening, which he's probably isn't, if you're getting good <laughs> results, you should be a part, you should be creating a clinical trial so you can share this knowledge. It, if not, you're just BSing everybody. You're full of crap. Yeah. This is just rhetoric. So just by saying that they're getting good results because they're trying this unique thing that you're offering, that's, that's just the that's you selling something. That's not you treating people. If you if you're the charlatan that's out there and you found the magic supplement to help people with weight loss, you better register a clinical trial so you can prove how effective that is. And yeah, sure, get all the marketing or the business stuff locked up so that way you can own it when it's done, but like put your money where your mouth is, you know? And right. so just because a doctor in New York City is using it and saying there's good results, that's great, but Where's the evidence? There's no evidence. And this is an area, this whole thing where evidence matters more than anything. As we've seen, ibuprofen went from being bad to good to, uh, I don't know, to fine. It's fine, right? Um, 
elderberry is it gonna hurt well who knows we don't know there's not enough evidence so we need to let the experts kind of weigh in here and then the other thing that we've been selling out of which you'll find very uh interesting is pulse oximeters do you know what that is I don't, but I, I know I've heard of it. Yep. You put it on your finger and it measures how much oxygen is in your blood as a percentage. Right. And so, that's, that's the thing that, you know, like while you're getting all your vitals taken at the, at, during a physical, right? That's exactly right. They have a little finger yes. thing that they put on. They're obviously more expensive ones, much more accurate. And um, so those are out of stock now and they're out of stock because one of the, you know, pieces of the progression of the disease is that it causes a fibrosis in your lungs and you can't get oxygen because you're not breathing and, and you're not exchanging oxygen into your lungs with carbon dioxide like you're supposed to. And your O2 saturation, your, your percentage of oxygen in your blood drops. So people are getting this to monitor this stuff at home. It's sort of like people with the thermometers. Like all of a sudden everybody needs a thermometer to check to see if they have a fever. You know if you have a fever, right? Mm. If you have a fever, you have a fever. It's very, very kind of evident, you know, but... Um, but we yeah. sold out of thermometers. We stole, sold out of oximeters. And I've been trying to tell people, don't waste your money on these things. They're not going to be very accurate at all. So I do hope that some testing will be made available um, on in mass because that's really the only way we're going to get through this. If we don't have any treatment and we don't have any vaccines, it's going to be testing literally everybody. And we need yeah. rapid testing and we need pharmacists to do that because we're the healthcare professionals in every community, you know, so. Yeah, that's uh, maybe you can um, straighten this out for me. I was actually just talking about this with a friend um, right before you and I started this little recording here. Um, they, it seems like they're only testing people who are showing symptoms to see whether or not their symptoms are actually COVID. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't we be testing people who are not symptomatic because people who are already showing symptoms should just be treated like they have it? Yeah, I mean... If this was done correctly, we would have tests for everybody. So anybody that was symptomatic or anybody that was in contact with somebody that was symptomatic would be tested and those people would be quarantined. That's how it would go. We don't have that. So now they have to triage the testing. So in New York City, they're not even testing anybody, right? Mm -hmm. You're just assumed to have it and that's it. You know, if you're getting right. hospitalized, they'll test it to further like refine their treatment plans, I guess, you know? But they're assuming that everybody has it. And that's a really smart assumption because there's probably like 2 million people in New York that have it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so up here, they are triaging the same. So you have to have like a persistent fever for a certain amount of time and or dry cough. And then you have to call your primary doctor, do a consult with them. And then they give you a number or a referral number. So that way you can actually go get tested. Now, Kate, our, yeah. our Instagram and photographer, our social media manager, she... Um, she has it like definitely she has a mild or I would consider moderate based on like the Chinese classification of it, a moderate case of COVID. And she was tested nine days ago and still hasn't heard. Aye, aye, aye. Right? And so that's the failure. And that's what I talk about in the blog this week is that it's a failure of leadership because it's not like we didn't see this coming. You know, if it happened mm -hmm. in New York city, New York city was ground zero. Yeah. I'd understand it would get out of control. And we'd have to take extreme measures, but it didn't, it happened somewhere else months ago. And then it happened in another place and it happened in another place. And then it finally came to us. So we had all yeah. this time to ramp up testing. So that way we can handle it. Just like the number of epidemiologists, epidemiologists and experts have told us that we should be testing, right? We should be yeah. handling this. You again, South Korea did it best. Test everybody that you can that has symptoms and anybody that's been in contact with them. And then all of those people get quarantined. 
and it r- radically reduced their fatality rate. It radically reduced their hospitalizations. They had very, very small numbers. You know, talk yeah. about flattening the curve. They didn't have a curve. So that's the way it should have been done. So it, it yeah. didn't happen. So anyway, you know, oh no, no, go um, ahead. I was just going to say uh, the, I, you know, obviously with the focus on this, there's been a lot of. Uh, researching of the Spanish flu, and this is just a little aside, but uh, even back then, because World War I was happening, um, countries were not reporting on it, and that's why it spread and was so severe and all that, and it actually started here in Kansas. It should have been called the Kansas flu, but because Spain was the only country reporting on it, that's why it's called the Spanish flu, and we're doing the exact same thing. It's 102 years later, and you we clearly didn't learn from history. Yeah, I was on the radio this morning, the local community radio, and they're saying, what do you think we're going to learn from this? I'm like, nothing, absolutely nothing. I said, yeah. we'll learn for the next one, which will probably happen pretty soon because of the nature of this thing. Um, and maybe we'll we'll be able to respond. But, you know, it's 20 years later and we're still acting like a-holes about wars and stuff like that, you know, uh, and after 9-11. So, you know how it goes. People just get back into those same old habits and patterns. So, you know, we shouldn't have to go through the muck to learn the lesson, right? That's like for me in business, it's a great example. Like I had to like crash the plane in order to learn. And sometimes you kind of like, that's the only way you really learn. But at some point, if you have the right experts and guidance around you to kind of guide you, you shouldn't have to crash the plane every time. <laughs> you know, we right. have plenty of we have plenty of the people that dedicate their lives to this stuff that we could just listen. It's like a freaking bad movie is really what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just stupid. It's, uh, God, I know. I'm like I'm so I'm so out of incredulity. I just I can't mm-hmm. believe we saw it coming. We saw it coming so much and mm-hmm. they still did nothing. Nothing. And now we're here and there's still people that are denying that it's real. There's still people that uh, there's, uh, you know, governors in the state in this country that are like, oh, we're not going to be China. We're not going to lock people down. And New York is just the beginning if people don't get it together. And New York shouldn't even have happened. There shouldn't have been 100 people that died in our country from this. There's no reason. It's 2020. We have all the money, you know. We have all the technology. You know, the reason that's... Jeff Bezos has all the money. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the... I've got a great infographic that I could probably send to you. You can put with the show notes and it's like the bubonic plague and, and even H1N1. And it's all the diseases and the number of people they killed over the years. And it should be, you know, big balls at the back. That's where, <laughs> that's a pretty funny statement, but it should be like, that, they're, 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 they're big, large balls of the virus. That's what they look like. And so the bigger the balls, <laughs> the bigger the balls, the, the more people dead. Maybe we should just cut this whole section out. But anyway, so the 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 larger the spheres, the uh, the more people dead. And you would think that because we get smarter as humans as time progresses, that the larger spheres would be at the back, and the more recent spheres would be very tiny. But this seems like we haven't really learned that lesson. We haven't gotten to that that part. So anyway, so mm-hmm. I'll share that with you, and then you can maybe put it on the show notes so people can see it. So totally. All right, that's enough COVID nonsense. Yes. Allergies. Yeah, so a lot of people are calling me and saying, I have a fever, I have a dry cough, I'm dying of COVID. And I said, well, don't you have allergies? Oh, yeah, that's right, I do. And so it's very important for people to kind of nip this in the bud. It, you know, normal situations, definitely this time of the year, I would start to say it's time to start 
buying your allergy medicines and start taking them because some people have seasonal allergies. Only when it gets bad in the changes of the seasons in the spring and in the fall, that's when mm-hmm. the pollen and the mold is flying. And that's when, you know, you're, you're dealing with all of the gross stuff and your, your body starts to, your immune system starts to work like normal and it starts creating boogers and hives and yeah. cough and gross stuff. And so this is the time to start because if you wait till you have symptoms, it's actually too late, very much like COVID, right? The idea is you, you, I, I don't know. The easiest way to say it is look at your car in the springtime. If you just park it for 10 minutes, you'll see by the time you come back to it, it's just a thick film of like yellow or green. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's on a metal car that's just been sitting there momentarily. Now you're a meat bag with a vacuum attached to it (laughs) that's lined with mucus. So now imagine what's going on. All of that stuff that's just gently landing on your car and piling up really quickly is getting vacuumed into your body and stuck there. And then, of course, your body's going, oh, that's gross. And like having a reaction because it's non-human. And so you have Mm -hmm. your sinuses, you have the back of your throat, you have your lungs. Those are the, and then even your skin, of course, your eyes. uh, This is the surfaces that'll come in contact with all of those little compounds, those little allergens, and will make you not feel that great. So using using your brain, you know, you can use different allergy medicines. One of the things I like to teach people about this is that, um, you know, it's not about natural versus traditional. It's good medicine and bad medicine. And when it comes to allergies, the best, some of the best medicine is actually in the prescription side of things. Claritin is an example of an excellent medication. So you're, you take the medicine, your body doesn't really break it down. It doesn't get changed into a bunch of different metabolites that could be active. It's pretty much leaves your body unchanged as when you took it. It does what it's supposed to do. It leaves. It doesn't hang around. It doesn't cause side effects. It's one of the most safest drugs, most safe drugs. It's used in children, yeah. you know. Um, it's it's a great option, and it's very potent and powerful. And it just, again, is another example of how this idea of, you know, applying the good versus bad labels don't really work. So when people come to us and say, I have allergies, what's the best thing I can do? I'll say, well, Claritin is probably the best thing you do. Yeah. On the other side. Claritin and Flonase. Right. So then that's talking about the symptoms and the specific side of things because, you know, on the other side of it with Claritin, so we have a natural product that works really well. It's a combination of nettles and quercetin and other bioflavonoids. And Dr. Hurt, who we had on the podcast, he loves quercetin because there's some good data about it stabilizing mast cells. So going back to what we were talking about with the pollen in the meat bag, So basically the allergens enter our system and it causes a a lengthy set of reactions that takes a mast cell, which is like a balloon filled with glitter and it pops it. And the glitter is histamine. Histamine's role is to attract immune cells, dilate blood vessels to allow the immune cells to kind of penetrate into the tissue by dilating the blood vessels. They get very leaky and the fluid kind of leaks out into the surrounding areas, which causes the congestion that we deal with, the redness, the puffiness, all of that comes from the release of the histamine. And that's where a lot of the reaction comes to. So we have two options. We can clean up the glitter that's everywhere. But if you've ever tried to clean up glitter, it's quite a mess. In fact, 
on our New Year's party, which you can see on my Facebook page, we had like screaming kids that were using these glitter bombs everywhere. And we <laughs> still are cleaning up glitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. We put glitter on the candles at Candlestock and people are always, uh, you know, I, I warn them not to touch them unless they actually want to buy them, but they pick right. them up anyway. Right. And they're like, how do I get this off? Can I like wash my hands or something? And I'm like, no, that glitter is a part of you now. Your your grandchildren are going to be glittery. <laughs> yeah, you're you're actually now a stripper. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the. So. So we can take antihistamines, which is basically trying to clean up the glitter, but the mess has already been made. So it takes quite a while for us to, uh, I guess, yin and yang the situation, get enough antihistamine to counteract the histamine that's being released and clean up all of the symptomatic stuff that's going on. So the, the best thing to do would be to stabilize those mast cells. And that's why like Dr. Hurt likes quercetin so much because it, it <laughs> actually has some activity to do that. If you get the right form and the right dose, of course. So there's a lot of really great options. So that's for like general, I've got, I've got allergies. I've got lots of symptoms. I need something just for my whole body just because there's allergies everywhere. But then you have the localized effects of this whole thing. As I said, this stuff is coating your eyes, it's coating your sinuses and your lungs. So some people, allergies will trigger asthma and mm. they're very closely related. So you have to use special inhalers to you know, keep your lungs free of gunk and open and beautiful. And then eyes, there's actually a really great antihistamine eye drop called Zatator, which used to be prescription. It's like the eye drop equivalent of Claritin and then there is also nasal sprays and nasal sprays come in lots of different flavors. You have that really weird neti pot type stuff where you're doing a nasal irrigation or a nasal dish in your, in your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just clears everything out. It's one of the weirdest sensations. I, I hate, I hate that. Like when you're at the beach and, and you, you have that happen. Oh yeah. You're it's literally like getting water up your nose when mm-hmm. you're swimming. And it's, it's very unpleasant. Right. And people are like, I do it twice a day. I'm like, Oh my God. And, um, <laughs> So, so you can do that. Some people, you know, like, especially when you're really congested, that helps out a lot. Um, there are better options. So saline just will moisturize the area and help kind of break up any loose mucus, but you'll have to use it quite frequently. And then there's steroids. So Flonase, Nasonex, uh, there's a bunch of them. I think I'm not, too, I'm not too sure. Like, uh, what are all the different ones that are over the counter anymore? Because I'm in supplement land most of the time. But anyway, these steroid nasal sprays, it's not like pump you up steroids. It's not like the oral steroids that if you take every single day will uh, start to screw with your fat metabolism and lower your immune response. These are different. These are topically applied steroids, sort of like if you have a a rash and you need a, a steroid on, on your skin, you can just kind of rub it in, right? So mm. um, it, you don't worry about it affecting your your whole body because it's being applied topically. Same kind of thing with this nasal steroids. So these can be used over time to kind of keep that congestion at bay because of the glitter, but you're cleaning up all the glitter. And so people will use those sprays. One of the things I'll point, uh, one of the products I'll point people to that they often don't think about is a Claritin-like nasal spray. It's a generic now. It's called Azelestine, and I have tremendous mm. success for it with it. And it's non-steroidal because some people get turned off from the steroid stuff no matter what. Uh, so that's another option. So essentially, when it comes to allergy treatment, you need to take. Most people will need to take uh, a systemic, meaning whole body kind of formula to help out, but then you can also get targeted 
like organ level stuff. So your, your, your nose or your sinuses, your eyes, your lungs, you can get specific stuff to, to kind of either treat the symptoms or take them preventatively to keep your lungs working normally. The, the big overarching take home to all of this is that most of the time for most people, this is going to be an everyday occurrence. Um, this isn't something that you just take to Tuesday because things are really bad. Some very, very few people are that lucky where they can just kind of take it as needed, but most people will need some sort of sustained treatment with this stuff. And if you don't use a sustained treatment, normally you'll have worse outcomes. Remember stress on your lungs is stress on your heart and untreated allergies can then go to colds and sinus infections and all that horrible stuff, which we don't want to have to deal with right now <laughs> because we have, yeah, for real. we have a super bug killing everybody. So, so that's just, I just wanted to kind of give everybody that, okay, this is allergy season. This is the rundown, uh, the natural allergy products that are out there. We have to be on the lookout because we have the homeopathic stuff. Of course, that has no active ingredient in there. So I normally don't recommend those products. We can't verify or validate if the thing you're getting is actually the thing you're getting and just the thing you're getting. There's no quality control that can be done because there's nothing active in them. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, you know, homeopathic products more often than not have had quality issues where like the stuff for babies for teething uh, almost kills babies because it's got too much belladonna in it because they have poor quality control. So normally we just stay away from those things because we can't vouch for those products. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. A lot of the, the products are herbal. Nettles is the big one. That's the one that's used the most. Again, quercetin is another natural ingredient that's used. Um, and those are the big uh, things that are used in the natural world for allergies. Do you want to hear about the most natural thing that I did? Plastic bag? <laughs> no, oh. no, no, no. This is really wacky. So strap in. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to be really, really allergic. And nowadays I am actually one of those people who only has to use my allergy medications for like a week or so when stuff blooms. Mm -hmm. And that is because when I was living in Massachusetts, I heard about this place advertised in New Hampshire that did completely non-invasive allergy treatments. And they didn't really explain what it was in the ad. So I, when I went up there, they were like, this is based on vibrations and chakras. It's completely <laughs> non-invasive. Hear me out. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is wacky. They're like, right now we have um, like an 85% success rating. And there is a possibility that your allergies may come back in time. But so far, we've just re been reviewed well across the board. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. It wasn't covered by insurance, of course. But I was like, I'm so badly allergic to everything that if it works, it'll be worth the price. And this is where, as far as dispelling misinformation goes, I think a lot of people don't really understand how allergies, like what allergies come from, and they are formed when the body is distressed. You know, a lot of cancer patients eventually become allergic to their treatments. And that's why it's because eventually, like if, if you're so under duress, the body will lose sight of what is good for you and what is bad. So you can't inherit allergies from your parents, nothing like that. So anyway, back to what I did. 
Um, the intake was a really long process and I was just laying on a table. I had this thing that was like a blood pressure thing strapped to my forearm and the computer was just reading all the different vibrations of the allergens in my body. And then it prioritizes which group is the worst down to least. And for me, mold was the worst. And then the way they treat it, they do each group week to week, like molds, trees, flowers, different foods, different animals, alcohol, etc. And so they treated me for mold the first time after the whole intake. And they were like, there's possibility that you could get worse for about 48 hours before you get better. I was actually worse for seven days to the point where I, I was like, well, I mean, if this is how I have to live, then I might contemplate suicide. <laughs> um, not really. Mm. But day seven, or I'm sorry, day eight, I woke up and I could breathe better than I could ever remember breathing. And I was like, well, I guess I'm paying this money and getting all of my allergens treated. And so I did everything except alcohol because it was so far down on the list and it was starting to get pricey. And I do regret it now because with all of my other allergies treated, I'm really like hyper aware of how allergic to alcohol I am. It makes me stuffed up immediately. And, you know, like the, the, the usual histamine response, like my eyes get really puffy and itchy and it, it almost makes it almost makes it not worth drinking. But for me, I took Xenadrin back before ephedrine was made illegal. And I think taking that for so long just made me so allergic to everything because it, I was kind of like useless for pretty much half the year. You know, stuff starts blooming in March, doesn't really end till September. And it was like, I'd be so stuffed up. I just wanted to like take my face off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was willing to pay the money for this. And <laughs> I, I recommended it to everyone up there, uh, you know, everyone in Massachusetts. Cause I was like, if you're allergic, it changed my life, but I don't know of anyone around here who does that kind of treatment. And I don't want to give this business a plug because I found out afterwards that the woman is an anti-vaxxer. So <laughs> I don't want her to get any more money. But I do have to give her credit that her allergy treatments did change my life. And now the only time I have to use Flonase is when, you know, like right about right around now, where like the, the main bloom of the year happens. So yeah, that's another natural treatment that people can seek out if they want to, because I swear by it. That is the most quacky shit I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. I well, know. So, it's yeah, I don't know. Works. There's a million different things wrong with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I guess whatever. You uh, didn't spend a lot of money on it, I guess. And you got the results you were looking for. So I guess we can't take that away from you. But, yeah, no, that's uh, that's not really a thing. <laughs> that's not. It's not <laughs> physically possible. But whatever, it worked for you. So. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll give you the two points, but we're not. Yeah, I don't know what the hell what happened there. I think I'm saying I'm saying seek it out and find it at your own risk. I stand by it. Neil is not endorsing it. Let me say that right now. Definitely not. And she probably <laughs> had a camera in the bathroom. I'm sure. It's, and that you know whatever. She's probably a creep, creeper. I mean, she like I said, she's an anti-vaxer, and that was really disheartening. But uh, wow. whatever. She's in New Hampshire. We don't have to deal with her. All right. Nick, nice. Well, that's all I got. I mean, I just wanted to do a, a podcast quick. You've totally crashed my my mojo. I, I can't even go on anymore. No, I just wanted to do something quick, talk about allergies and talk about COVID. And because I'm freaking tired. I mean, that's the other thing. I was, uh, again, checking my Instagram. I did a podcast with a friend who has a very successful pharmacy podcast, and he was get, you know asking for different stories. So hearing the stories of what all the other pharmacies in, uh, across the country are doing, chains or independents, even hospital 
pharmacies, just how are they dealing with this? We're getting our butts kicked. We have, you know, we have to change the way that life is right now. And I'm exhausted. I really wish I could quarantine and work from home. That would be excellent. And, um, so I just, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed. So that, cause that's what I've been doing. And I just wanted to make sure that we had an episode for y'all people this week. So make sure you take your allergy medicines, stay away from creepy ladies in New Hampshire. They're going to just take your money and, uh, yeah. And be safe, stay home. I don't want anybody out there in the streets. The streets are crazy. Everybody's a zombie. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, you can email me, neil at drneilsmoller.com, D-R-N-E-A-L-S-M-O-L-L-E-R.com. Check out all of our social media stuff. I do pretty much daily updates. And please, again, check out our blog. It's got some good level-headed information, almost as good as Andrew Cuomo's information. And, uh, <laughs> and I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and be well. <laughs>